everyone, it's Cheryl and Tony. Buckle up for another exciting episode of the Disney Drive Time Podcast. Ooh, that was well-timed. I know, we're getting pretty good at that. Yeah, how you doing? I'm good. Good. Um, So tonight we're going to start with a couple of Drive Time notes. Um, Our Facebook group, we have one. It's the Disney Drive Time Podcast Facebook group. So if you search Disney Drive Time Podcast on Facebook, you'll find it. We have 18 whopping members. They're wonderful people, but we still want more. No, they're the best people. They are. They are. But what's funny is we have 18 people, and we're probably getting, I want to say, 70 to 80 listens per day. So thank you for listening, and to all of you who are listening. Uh, it is hosted on SoundCloud, so I'm sure that there's people coming in through various paths and... Um, you know, iTunes. I think a lot of it is um, our two dudes' friends. Right. Um, it's coming up um, in that feed. So obviously, you know, you're, you're seeing them there. Um, so we are working under the two dudes' name. We started with um, episode A, and we're going to go to episode Z. And then our plan is when we get to Z, then we're going to move off to our own, um, what Hosting do you call it? site. Thank and you. Go, well, we'll still post on two dudes when, when we talk, but we'll have our own logo, and we, we should try to separate ourselves although we're part of the two dudes family since i am dude number one um we will try to make a distinction so if you get a chance join the facebook group and uh you know we'd like to carry on the chats over there too uh, we have a couple of very active members like melissa who likes to post and comment on stuff and uh, our friend adam who is always always willing to lend uh, a critique and uh, a kind word so thank you very much for everyone who's listening yes all right, so news. You want to, uh, this is not Disney news, but it's big Orlando news. It's not. It's, uh, you know, sometimes we have to remember that it's not just Disney. We like to think that it's just Disney. Disney started it all. Uh, but there are other players in the game. And there was a big announcement today at Universal Resort Orlando that they are opening up a third theme park. It will technically be their fourth gate uh, because they do have a, a water park. Uh, Volcano Bay that they recently opened. But they did announce that uh, Epic Universe will be opening, which I think is kind of a ridiculous name because it's now Universal Resorts Orlando Epic Universe. Right. How many times can you say universe? At least twice. Yeah. And um, I I don't know. The, The big reveal today was the logo and the name. And that's pretty much all we got. And it had been hyped up as this major announcement for August 1st. And I think what they were trying to do was trying to beat Disney's D23. Uh, you know, they wanted to wait for after Comic-Con. Right. Uh, and then they announced their uh, their theme park stuff, and then Disney has D23 at the end of the month. So maybe they're going to try to do the big park announcement at the beginning of the month, and then after D23, maybe they'll announce more of their plans for the park because they, they haven't announced what's going in there. There are all, all sorts of rumors yeah, I mean, they're officially, they're saying um, Universal's Epic Universe will offer an entirely new level of experience that will forever change the theme park entertainment. Guests will venture beyond their wildest imagination, traveling into beloved stories and through vibrant lands on adventures where the journey is as astounding as the ultimate destination. The new location will feature a theme park, an entertainment center, Hotels, shops, restaurants, and more. Ultimately, this expansion will create more space and freedom to let loose and create lasting memories with the people you love. That's right. It will create more space and freedom, but you will now need to travel through Orlando in order to get to this other park. 
So, you know, welcome to I-4, welcome to Universal Drive. Right, yeah, they're saying a few miles from Universal's other attractions. Yeah. You, were you able to see on the map exactly where yeah, it's oh, going? It, there's a large open spot um, by the Orlando Convention Center that Universal actually owned a number of years ago, and they sold it to uh, one of the defense contractors. Uh, I think it was Northrop, or Northrop Grumman, one, one, one of the two. And uh, it went undeveloped for years, and... Northrop uh, sold it back to Universal, I'm sure, at a hefty profit. And now they're going to have these two separate footprints separated by non-Universal property. I mean, that, that's kind of like Disney uh, opening up a, a fifth park and putting it over by Celebration and building a new hotel, saying, you know, welcome to the Walt Disney World Resort, now drive five miles down the road. Yeah, I mean, that's one way to look at it. I mean, I... when when I first heard that it was going to be, you know, down the street, um, it definitely seemed odd to me. But then the more I'm thinking about it, it's like, all right, so what? So you're going to have to take a bus or something. Well, honestly, that's what you have to do in Disney World. Yes, it's all Disney property, but you still can't walk from Hollywood Studios to the Magic Kingdom. So if you want to do those two in the same day, you've got to get on a bus or in your car and drive from one to the other. So Right, but you're also, you know, on Disney's property, which is the size of the island of Manhattan. So when you're driving there, you're not seeing, you know, maybe you're seeing another resort. Maybe as you're on your way to Animal Kingdom, you're driving past uh, Epcot, you know. So you're not really, you're still in that immersive Disney bubble. But now, if you are at, um, let's just say you're at Cabana Bay, Cabana Bay Resort at Universal, and you want to go to Epic Universal, you've got to get on a bus, and you've got to drive down, let's just say, Universal Drive. Now, that's a city street. You're going to pass a Longhorn Steakhouse. You're going to pass a Chili's. You're going to get stopped at red lights. You know, it's not going to be... I don't. I don't want to say as relaxing a drive as as it is through Disney, but you're going to be driving through a city. Yeah, I mean that doesn't. Universal doesn't ever claim to have that immersive bubble. Like that's not their thing. So the fact that you're driving past a Longhorn isn't a big deal. If you're in um, Disney, you're still stopping at red lights. You're still dealing with all the traffic on those. You know, you might not be seeing a Longhorn Steakhouse. You know, the it's more um, just landscaping and trees and golf courses and other resorts. Yes, that's true, but you're still it's still going to take the same amount of time. I don't think it's um I don't think it's a big deal. I did it first, but the more I'm thinking about it, I don't think it's a big deal. Well, we shall agree to disagree. Fine then, because I, for the time being, will think that it is a big deal. <laughs> um, let's see what else do we have here. Uh, the new park is expected to bring around fourteen thousand new jobs to the area, and Universal says that the base pay will start at fifteen dollars an hour, um, and they're still not announcing when this new park is expected to open. Yeah, the, the big rumor is that this is going to be home to Nintendo Land. There have been some drawings and dioramas that have been, you know, around for the past couple of months, uh, touting some of these, you know, Mario Kart type rides and a Donkey Kong Country. Now, what's the whole Donkey Kong thing? What's that? I mean, is there like a what? Is, I mean, I know what Donkey Kong is, but that's pretty old. Well, is there a do newer like, Donkey oh, Kong? Oh, there's thing? always there's always new Donkey Kongs. Donkey Kong has lived on. It's not just the. Donkey Kong that you know. Donkey Kong lives in Nintendo. Nintendo So, but isn't that still part of the whole... So that's still part of the whole... It's still part of Nintendo. Right. All right. Right. It's not like its own separate, like, country. Right. What else uh, do you think they could feature there? 
there's talk that they're going to do some of the classic horror movies there. So they own Dracula, Wolfman, Frankenstein. Uh, they might do something along those lines. Uh, they say it's going to be the most immersive environment they've ever built, which considering what they've done with Hogwarts and Diagon Alley. Yeah, they could put another Harry Potter thing yeah, in too. They could. That would but have one. I mean, in. have one in every of one of their parks. Right. That way, you've got. I think right now that's the big reason. You know, sometimes it's just the Harry Potter fans going. That's the only reason they're going to Hollywood to to uh, Universal Studios is just to see the Harry Potter stuff. Mm-hmm. And by putting it in two separate parks, now they've made those people you know get admission to both of the parks. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do the same thing with the third one. Okay. Do you think that this will this move will force Disney to open up a fifth park? I don't think that this would be why it would force Disney to open up a fifth park, but um, I do think that Disney's going to start to have some major problems if they don't already with crowds, people getting frustrated about how long they're having to wait for things, um, just sort of where are you going to put, they put up so many new resorts, they're drawing so many people in, where is Disney going to entertain all of these people that they've got staying in these resorts? Um, that might be the reason for a fifth Disney park. But I think right now Disney seems to be investing a lot of their time and money into their existing parks. So mm-hmm. I don't see a fifth one coming anytime soon. Okay. I think this is good for Universal, though. Universal, when they opened Island Islands of Adventure, you know, started touting themselves as a multi-day destination. And they've uh, doubled the number of resorts that they've had uh, over the past five years. So they continue to grow. Um, so this will just, you know, continue that, make it a longer visit. You know, we've gone, uh, our most recent visit there was what, three days? Right. Yeah. And you know, maybe now this is a fourth day. You know, the thing with Disney is people will come and you can, you can stay at Disney for a week and go to, you know, each one of the four parks in the Magic Kingdom twice. And that's five days. The universal stuff, you know, the way it's set up right now a day in each park is probably too much. Yeah, especially, I think it depends on the type of person that you are, but usually a family is either going to be big into the thrill rides or not big into the thrill rides. So if you're big into the thrill rides, you kind of aren't really interested in a lot of the smaller things, so it's only, you know, you can easily get through it in a day. And then vice versa, if you're um, not a person who likes those thrill rides, you can easily get through in a day because you're not doing the big thrill rides. So there's just, not, I don't think there's, the way Universal is set up, it seems kind of split down the middle. It's mm-hmm. like either the rides are for little kids or the rides are for adventurous people. Right. And it does, so it doesn't take multiple days. Even though the parks are big, they probably have the same number of attractions. They're not as universally appealing as the ones at Disney World. Like at Disney World, you could go on every single ride and it, you know, most of the family it works for. Whereas right. I don't think that's the case at Universal. Yeah, and I think that, um, you know, Disney has those, like, mid-level rides. You know, like a Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, there's a little drop in it, but it's not a roller coaster. Exactly. You don't get that at Universal. You know, you go to Disney World, you you know, Magic Kingdom, you want to ride on the Haunted Mansion, it's an Omnimover. You know, the ride moves at a consistent pace. There's nothing too scary except hitchhiking ghosts. And you don't really get that at Universal. It's, you know, Universal's like 120 miles an hour, all of all of their rides. Right. Um, or they're hardly any, they're just right. little kid, right. you know, merry-go-rounds. And, and then if you are the family that likes to do both at Universal and you're staying on property, you've got the Universal Express Pass, so now you're definitely doing everything in a day. Yeah, I mean, just fly through lines with that, so. Right. 
I've said I don't think we're really going to be going back because uh, I didn't really enjoy Universal all that much when we went. But uh, with a new park, we're going to have to at least check it out. Yeah, but I think we've got a good at least three, four years before we see that. Yeah, I mean, who knows how long it'll take them to to build things. Right. And if they pull a Disney and start opening it in stages. Oh, they won't do that. No? That's terrible. I know. <laughs> but that's the way things are these days. Well, that's the way Disney's doing things these days, but I think it's a mistake, so... Okay. Hopefully they will not follow that mistake. Well, that's the longest we've talked about one news story. I know, and it wasn't even Disney. History. No. Um, back to Disney. Um, a bounce back offer was announced for free dining for stays in 2020. It requires at least four nights with a four day park park hopper. Um, it doesn't include stays at All Star Movies, Port Orleans French Quarter, Bay Lake Tower, Little Mermaid Rooms at Art of Animation, or the villas at the Grand Floridian. Um, you'll have to check in for dates between May 26th, 2020 and June 2nd, 2020, or June 26th and September 12th, 2020, or December 9th to December 24th, 2020. And this has to be booked by October 31st. Availability is limited. Um, if you don't know what a bounce back offer is, this has to be booked while you're actually staying at the Disney Resort. Um you pick up your phone in the room and dial um, a number. A lot of times there's a flyer in your room that tells you about this. Um, the extension is 8844 and you, you call up and you book it while you're there. Um, I did not realize and it's good to know um, you can actually book this through your travel agent. So if you work with a travel agent, you don't need to forego using them because you want the bounce back offer um, while you're um, in Disney or even before you go, if you know you're going to want to book this, talk to your travel agent and your travel agent will be able to book it for you during the time that you're um, staying there. They will call up and they can get that for you. Um, so, yes, But once you leave, once you check out, right. the offer is no longer valid. Yes, exactly. Although the way Disney's been working recently, they will, if people call up, they know. generally give it to them. I don't know. They don't with the cruise. When, no, and they don't with the, when travel agents do it either. Yeah, so who knows? Because I know people who have called up and said, oh, free dining's not available. My, my travel agent says free dining's not available for my dates, and Disney says, oh, well, I can give it to you. Yeah, we've been talking about that a little bit lately. I think that um, Disney's trying really hard to push out the middleman, so anything that they can do to get um, people to book directly through them, they're trying to do, and it's uh, it's really hurting the little guy. It's hurting the travel agent, so... Um, you know, if you can book through your travel agent, definitely do that, but if you're ever... Um, if you're ever told no, sometimes calling directly will get you what you want, unfortunately, because um, that's how Disney is keeping more of the dollars to themselves. So, um, but this whole um, free dining bounce back, a lot of times when free dining comes out, I've looked at the numbers and it almost never makes sense for us. Um, by the time you figure that you have to um, buy a Disney Park Pass and for how many nights you have to buy it, you know, the minimums have kept going up every time. And the fact that it has to be a hopper, which a lot of times when our family goes, um, we forego the hopper um, to save a little bit of money. But that's required. Um, and then, you know, you get the free dining, but the value of the free dining isn't really what you would have necessarily spent on food. So it doesn't always work out to be the best deal. However, I did some, I did some comparisons um, on the dollars here for... Uh, the dates that I worked with were May 27th to June 1st, which would be five nights. Um, I looked at staying at 
pop century. And when you stay with one of these packages, you're booking rack rate versus if you book um, like a room only on your own um, or a different kind of package, a lot of times you'll be entitled to a discount. But at like Pop Century, your discount would only be a maximum of about 20%. So the value of that's only like $227 that you could possibly save. So you're foregoing that savings. Um, and then the price of the hopper um, is an upgrade of $340. This is for a family of four um, where the children are over 10. Um, so that's another $340 that you'd be spending for the hopper. Uh, so total, you're spending about $567 more than you would have, but you're getting free food um, for four people, which is actually valued at $1,100 um, if you, you know, versus if you had actually bought the dining plan and you're getting hoppers with that. So it's a really good deal if you can get it at the value resorts. Um, it was very similar when I looked at the amounts for a moderate because the cost of Coronado was only $45 more a night than pop. So the numbers come out pretty different, pretty um, similarly. Uh, a deluxe resort is probably the one that I would have said made the least sense, but if they're carrying things through with this bounce back offer, the same as they've done in the past with um, free dining, then at the deluxe, you get the full, um, the full dining plan, which um, gets you a sit down meal as well as um, a snack and uh, counter service. So that is valued at $1,560. So you still end up ahead uh, by, by a good bit. So I don't know if it's just in this particular situation. I don't know why this time the numbers are working out that way. I think it's maybe because they have jacked up the prices of the tickets so much that, um, you know, that's where you're paying your main amount. And since that's not changing, whether you get the free dining or you don't, um, I think that's why it's working out to be to look like a, a, a good deal. All right. You, you can't do Disney on the cheap anymore because the tickets are so expensive. I mean, I was comparing the, the, the things and I was looking at, um, let me see if I can find it on here. Oh yeah, okay, so for Pop Century, the five night room is $1,138 for five nights for that room. The four day one park tickets with the hopper, $2,267. So double the cost of the room. Double the cost of the room for your tickets. And that's for four days. It's not even, it doesn't even get you a day for every day you're there. Right. It's crazy how much they're charging for the tickets. It's amazing. Yeah. But, um, so if you're, yeah, if you're planning on going back the following year, definitely, you know, book it. You can always cancel. Good point. Yeah. My head is swimming from all the numbers. I know. I'm sorry. I get excited about the numbers. Yeah. Cheryl's the number cruncher. I am definitely the number I cruncher. I just say, let's go. I know. He just always wants to go. I'm like, is it a good deal? Is it a good deal? So, uh, in other news, just announced is a series from Walt Disney Imagineering and Khan Academy. It's called Imagineering in a Box, and it offers you the chance to learn about the Imagineering process and try your hand at designing your own theme park. There are lessons such as elements of color and the role in the story, pitching attractions, and even controlling an audio-animatronic character. The best part of all is it's absolutely free. Um, the description from Khan Academy is, have you ever wondered how theme parks come to life? Disney Imagineers from hundreds of career disciplines around the world share how they use a wide range of skills, from story development and conceptual design to math, physics, and engineering, that all come together to create immersive experiences. Imagineering in a Box allows you to explore different aspects of theme park design, from characters to ride development, as you design a theme park of your very own. 
If you're more interested in strictly the video portion of the course, you can view the entire video series on Walt Disney Imagineering's YouTube channel. Uh, that's I may go and do that. It's so cool. I mean, I don't know. Uh, if you don't have children, you probably don't know about Khan Academy. But if you do, um, it's a huge website for mostly, I think it's math. Um, both of our children have used it extensively, um, even, you know, studying for SATs. Um, it keeps the kids in tune over the summertime to not lose their skills. We're always pushing it on our younger daughter. I, I think Lily has logged in <laughs> for 11 minutes this, this yeah, summer. Yeah, we've tried to push it and it hasn't worked so well. Um, super cool thing that they're offering. And I'm hoping, you know, you get them on to do something, you know, really fun. And then maybe they'll practice their math too. Maybe. <laughs> It, but, uh, it kind of reminds me of the old days when, when we used to play theme park and we would be able to design our own theme park. But oh, the, like a, the Sims sort yeah, of thing? This, yeah, this kind of gets into a little more in-depth. Uh, and if you've ever read books like the uh, Imagineer's Field Guide, uh, they put out a field guide for each one of the parks in California and Disneyland, and it gets into elements of why is there a color transition? Why is the color uh, of the sidewalk, you know, that reddish color in Tomorrowland, but the color transitions to different colors as you walk into different lands. Uh, and it gets into a lot of, of the con conceptual stuff behind why they do it. You know, Disney just doesn't do things willy-nilly. Right. There's a story behind almost everything, whether it's a trash can, a light pole, a bench, uh, you know, the color of the paint. Yeah. No, I'm excited to check it out. And I think, um, especially, you know, for um, our older daughter, Isabel, who's looking to go into, like, engineering, but definitely has a creative side, I think it'll be fun for her to, you know, to play with. I think it's a good way to for people to decide if that's sort of the direction that they want their careers to go. Um, it's neat. I can't wait to check it out. Yeah, it should be fun. So if you're one of our 18 page members <laughs> uh, and you check it out, post and let us know what you think of it. So until uh, Monday, have a great weekend, everybody. And this is the Disney Drive Time Podcast. Bye.